I don't imitate what they do, but I maybe grab the feel. I mean, I always think of John Lennon said that when he wrote Norwegian Wood, that he was listening to a lot of Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. Well, Norwegian Wood sounds nothing like Dylan, but you can see how it might have inspired him to to write considerably different stuff than he was writing when he was doing the Mercy Beak stuff. So I'll listen to everybody and it will influence my writing and you'll get a little bit of the feel from that somewhere, but it never copies it. Right. You know, so that's where I get a lot of my energy for creating it. Um, the, the relaxing stuff is, is just to relax period, but the creative energy actually, especially when it's rock and roll comes from frenetic stuff coming at me. <laughs> Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes, and I'm very happy to welcome Mr. Michael Vincent here. He's got a new album coming out on the 26th of May, and it's called Electric Fox. So we're going to talk about that and get to know him. So let's kick this off with, tell us a little bit more about yourself. I'm not a California native. I'm originally from New England, but I've been here 100 years (laughs) Uh, mostly in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I love it here a lot. I've been doing music since I was 19 years old. My older brother gave me my first guitar, his his first guitar, handed down to me, and gave me my first lessons and all that kind of stuff. And I, and, and as soon as I knew three chords, I started writing. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I just I I fell in love with the singer songwriter era of Jackson Brown, James Taylor. Warren Zevon, all those guys, and um, started writing very serious music, you know, very introspective, all that kind of stuff. And, um, but, uh, you know, believe it or not, as the years go by, the older I get, the more I I lean more towards pop music, you know, Mm -hmm. but just for fun. I mean, just to get people up dancing, but sometimes it'll have a message to it. Sometimes it'll be, you know, about personal relationship struggles and all that kind of stuff. But I still, I just love having people get up and dance to our stuff, you know, so it's really fun. So I have a backing band. Uh, They're called You Know Who. Mm -hmm. And they're wonderful musicians. Um, My bass player has played with the guys from Tower of Power. And my drummer has drummed for uh, Carlos Santana. And my lead guitar player is from New York, but I won't hold that against him. (laughs) He's he's pretty killer. And we've been together for about four years and we play all around the Bay Area and um, and we're loving it. We're just having a great time. So this is our this is my newest album. I've got this is my seventh CD Mm -hmm. in the last 30 years, I guess I've done seven seven records and um this one's very exciting because we've redone a couple of songs that were originally in the americana roots mm-hmm. genre and we've basically fuel injected them on purpose and a lot of that has to do with scott's and my collaboration scott has a our lead guitar player has this wonderful vocabulary of of guitar work and and musical history and so he brings this you know wonderful broadband 
of of information and knowledge. And so he'll say, well, let's let's try something that sounds a little bit like the strokes. And I go, okay, yeah, no, I know the strokes. Let's, yeah, let's try that. And it works perfectly. And I go, yeah, let's go with that. And so we we did that. So um yeah, and I'd like to say that my influences are are everybody from the back catalog all the way to the Beatles to the new guys that, you know, bands like New Order, Not a Surf, you know, Snow Patrol, all the stuff that my peers hate because they go, kids these days, they sound like, <laughs> I mean, it's got, my friends all sound like my parents. You know, they go, kids these days, they don't know what good music is. You know, I may be old, but at least I got to listen to all the good bands. And they go, no, you don't. There's all these great bands that are out there. <laughs> and they're just as obnoxious and just as in your face as, as our, our bands were when we were kids. And um, and I love them, I really do. And so they've influenced my music as well, because um, I think the 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 energy, the frenetic energy of rock and roll, must never go away. You know? Right. You know. So. So that's a little, just a little bit about me musically. Um, yeah, I'm glad you noticed. Whole, there's a whole lot of other stuff <laughs> you don't want to know. But anyway. Well, I did notice that. Uh, every song on the album seemed to be different from the next and yes. uh, but you can still hear the the folk you know uh, you can feel influence on it yeah, yeah 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 the folk rock stuff yeah well what's interesting is that i i picked up on something from the beatles like a hundred years ago when they said basically you know we never write the same song twice and they did that as soon as they were done with their mersey beat era Mm-hmm. And they started doing albums like Rubber Soul and 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 Revolver and stuff, and that influenced me as a songwriter. As because uh, I realized, I said, how come artists that love every kind of every genre of music don't do more, you know, genres of music? And that's one of the things I loved about Lennon McCartney was that they they liked some of the the other stuff, and so they did some folk. You know, they wrote a little country, Mother Nature's Son. You know, or they wrote. You know, when George Harrison wrote something, he had it. He had Ray Charles in mind when he wrote it, mm. and that's a that's a wonderful thing to think about. And Ray Charles has covered it in a beautiful version. And so I thought, why why do the same stuff all the time? You know, let's let's you know switch it up a little bit and try different stuff. And again, we we still have the same similar flavor. You know, the style is mine and and my guys. You know, but there's still a difference in every song that you, it's not, you're not going to hear the same stuff in every single song. And we're, I'm really, I'm actually very proud of that. And I don't, hopefully I'm not arrogant about it, but I, I do. I'm, I'm very proud of that. You got some 12 string going in some of those songs. Um, My lead guitar player. Yes. Yes. Um, Either. Well, he's got a 12 string Ricky. Yeah, Rick, Rickenbacker, <laughs> especially on the surf song for um, last summer, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's just got a great sound to it. So yeah, yeah, got yep. to got to love a Rickenbacker man, right? God, or Rickenbacker, however you want to say, right? It. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> That's why I just call him a Ricky. There, yeah, yeah, there you go. You won't offend right. nobody. That's right. There we go. <laughs> Well, have you ever been compared with Neil Young? Because I can kind of hear. Oh some God, of that. all the time, <laughs> all the time. 
What's funny of that? I've actually met Neil because he he for a while till he and Peggy split up. He lives, you know, four miles down the road from me, mm. and so I would run into him different places and stuff. And I actually ran into him the day that David Bowie passed away. Oh um, man! He yeah. almost he almost ran me off the road by accident in his muddy Jeep that he was pulling out of the out of the side road, and I wound up almost in a ditch. And I pulled over and I shut my engine off just to kind of calm down because I was freaked out what happened and all of a sudden there's a tap at my window and it's Neil <laughs> and he goes you all right man and I go yeah but right I said you damn near not ran me off the road and he goes yeah but you were coming at a pretty good clip too it's like yeah I was you know so we I got out of my car and we we talked for a while and we were talking about Bowie you know having passed away and this is back in 2016 and I was mm-hmm. actually on my way to a recording studio and he asked me what kind of stuff that I did. So I gave him a copy of an EP that I have. And I said, everybody says I sound like you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also been told that I sound like Bruce Coburn. I've been told I sound like Cat Stevens and, you know, all, all kinds of different people. Yeah, but, but you're mostly, you. But mostly Neil, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I was listening to it and I was like, I hear a little Neil Young in this. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um do you listen to like metal and stuff like that too? I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Not much. Um, I will listen to pop punk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, lo- I for one thing, I love the Ramones. I love... Um, I love Green Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Billy Joe Armstrong's son has a band called Emily's Army. And I like those guys. They're very, very good. So I'll, I'll listen. Metal, not so much. You know, um, but I, I will listen to some good pop punk music. You know? Yeah. I met Marky Ramone and uh, it was on Mother's Day of all things. And I asked if he'd take a picture with me and he he said, yeah, but I got to hold up the sign. He picks up a sign that says Happy Mother's Day on it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> For all you mothers out there, right? <laughs> I just thought, well, you know, the guy right. is a science fiction nut, too, by the way. Oh, cool. I love yeah. it. Science fiction, comic books, all that stuff. And I'm like, wow, I didn't expect that from you, but cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, these guys are always amazed. They there's they got something going on in the background that you just go, what? Yeah. <laughs> right. So what right. what do you like to do outside of music? Well, before I got into music full time, because mm-hmm. that's what I do now. I was a social work chaplain oh, okay. um, among homeless and mentally ill folks primarily. Oh, um, wow. So yeah. So if you ask me, I'm go. Yeah, I'm religious, but I'm not a fundamentalist. I'm not you know, all that stuff, but, but I'm a spiritual person and, and I care about folks. 
And so for years, that's what my career was for 38 years was I was wow. a social work chaplain. So yeah, that's what I did. And I still volunteer when I can. And so I, I'll drop by one of the drop-in centers where the homeless guys hung, hang out and, and meet with them. I, I deliver groceries for um, Second Harvest Food Bank for folks that are shut-ins that can't get to the grocery store and stuff like that. So, wow. so yeah, so I try to stay involved. Um, I play tennis, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I was pretty heavy a couple of about four or five years ago. And my doc says, you either lose the weight or you won't make it past certain age. I know you want to make it to. And so I lost the weight and part of it, part of keeping it off is, is by playing tennis and staying active. So I play with, play tennis with my wife. I got a friend, a couple of friends that I do it with during the week and stuff and then i have the music so yeah that's that's kind of what i do and we have a lot in common i actually used oh. to be a baptist preacher oh my gosh i yeah. started out as a baptist i was a jesus hippie back wow. in the yes i was and, and the losing the weight man i uh when i was 36 years old so we're talking on getting close to 17 years ago i um i had a heart attack oh my yeah, and uh, I drank too much and ate too much and didn't take care of myself. Uh, was severely overweight and uh, was di found out I was diabetic, all that kind of stuff, and yeah. lost sixty pounds. And right on. <clears throat> I still have to take insulin shots, but I'm I used to be on all the diabetic medication. I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. Insulin, metformin. Uh, there was another one that's supposed to bring your sugar down like really quick. And man, it, it was a journey, but um, I'm yeah. glad, glad to be alive. There you go. Beats the alternative. Now, I didn't get into tennis though. No. Yeah. Well, I played in high school, so I figured that's what I would do. So I like walking, but it's kind of, you know, rote and boring and all that stuff. So I decided something with little hand-eye coordination and a little competition besides. I have one friend. He's very competitive. So, so uh, one time, sometimes he'll beat my ass and other times I'll beat his. So we're about, <laughs> we're about even, you know. So it's it's fun, too. And it's way better than pickleball, I think, you know. But <laughs> Yeah, well, unfortunately, I can't do any of that stuff anymore. I ended up. Uh, my diabetes caused a disease in my spine where the bones are deteriorating and oh my gosh uh, three surgeries later and i still um, am bound for another one but uh, wow. lucky to be able to walk yeah can't walk very long distances but uh i i can still can walk around. at this point okay yeah. good good thank goodness yeah people don't realize man when if you stay heavy and don't take care of yourself, all the bad things that can happen to you and, yeah. you know, yeah. losing weight, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. Yeah, and me too. So tennis and, and social work, man, talking to social work, we need you in Austin, dude. Yeah. And especially for the veterans that are in there. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, you know, we have it in San Francisco in spades. 
It's just unbelievable. And, and you know, we still, I mean, we're get. it's actually the Bay Area generally is getting better because there's, there's a couple of organizations, one of which I worked for, um, that is actually using all the, you know, because a lot of times, you know, private nonprofits, they get all this money and stuff and they, they use all the money to pay the, the big honchos, you know, the, mm -hmm. the CEO or blah, blah, blah. And so the, this guy, these guys have spent a lot of their money on actual apartment buildings with intensive case management for people with drug problems or mental health problems, and they're housing people left and right. And it's it's going really well so far. I don't know. I don't, I don't follow what's happening specifically in San Francisco because I live in San Mateo County, mm -hmm. which is about an hour south of the city. Um, but I know it's it's pretty awful up there, and they're and they're working hard to to fix it. But I don't know specifically what they're doing. I know that they're they're doing yeah. everything they can because it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, they keep talking about you know giving more money and giving more money, but they're they're getting millions of dollars, but they're just not allocating it into the right areas. That yeah, they something's got to give. Yeah. Um, but the heart, the the weird part about it, I started doing this work. The specific, specifically with homeless folks in 1991, mm -hmm. and in those days, um, 80 percent of the people didn't have income, and 20 percent of the people did have some sort of income. Now, 60 to 70 percent of the people do have some sort of income; mm -hmm. they just can't afford to live anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. when I was growing, when I was growing up in New England, there was this one family down at the end of our block. And he was a junk guy. That's all he did was he picked up and recycled junk to the paper mill or to the, you know, the aluminum factory or this or that or whatever, or even just car parts and stuff to have it all melted down. And they were the poorest family in our neighborhood, but he could afford to rent a house. It was a kind of a shabby house. And his wife was a stay-at-home mom. Wow. And his and their son was our friend, you know, and stuff. And, you know, they didn't live. I mean, everybody knew that family was, you know, not in great shape, but they could at least still afford to live somewhere. And now mm -hmm. it's it's totally crazy. It's just, well, anyway, we, we could yeah. talk about that all day. Oh, so, believe me. Yeah, I, yeah, I advocate for veterans and uh, it. Their situation yeah. is so sad, and yeah, like I say that's a topic I could definitely talk about sure. all day. But, sure. Um, right. did you ever have problems with drugs and alcohol? I did not. Um, my uh, my drug of choice is uh, carbohydrates. My <laughs> <laughs> chicken Subway biscuits and gravy here. <laughs> that's right. Subway sandwiches and oh, chocolate chip cookies. And they don't get you quite as high as some of the stuff that you guys involved in, but still felt pretty good. So <laughs> they can still kill you too. Cause yeah, I, yeah, that's that. And it really is. It's true. I mean, I just, I remember one time and this is just, it's silly and, it, and it, this is not to diminish what you've gone or what, you know, people with drugs and alcohol difficulties have gone through. I can still remember wanting a chocolate muffin so damn bad that I went through every place in the house looking because this little store doesn't take credit cards. 
<laughs> so I was I was looking for every penny in the couch till I finally got up three dollars to go down to the mom and pop grocery and get a chocolate muffin for myself. And I'm sitting there even saying to myself, "God, I'm gonna just pump, put it in my just smack it in my vein here," you know. Yeah, believe me, I, I know uh, gravy was probably my blood type for the longest yeah. time. <laughs> I got to remember that one. That's really good. That's a good line. Hey, you grew up in a in a southern household. That's oh yeah, that fried chicken, biscuits and gravy. Right. You know all all that good stuff. It's my blood yeah. type. I like. <laughs> I'm not going to forget that. That's a really good one. The, what diet did you do when you lost the weight? Well, it's a program that's in here in California. It's called Inara Health. And it's um, basically you work with a dietitian and a physician's assistant. Mm -hmm. And you meet with them. Uh, I meet with my dietitian weekly and I meet with the physician's assistant monthly. And basically they give you recipes for things that taste really good, but are not high in calories. And then you do that with, they call uh, VLCD, which is a very low calorie diet. And you do that for about eight weeks and then you go on maintenance and then you meet with your person every two weeks after that. And then oh, every two months with your physician's assistant. Now I have to admit, I lost, you know, 52 pounds and I felt really great. And I also, this past year have started to gain some of it back. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm so I'm back on the VLCD program for about eight weeks to kind of re, you know, adjust, and uh, and then we'll go back on maintenance and all of that stuff. So yeah, so it's 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 a little bit tough the first couple of weeks because you're white knuckling it a little bit, but then afterwards it's okay. And then the, believe it or not, and they tell you this, and nobody believes them, and I didn't either. Maintenance is the hardest. Really? Because yeah, because once you've once you once it's okay to increase the number of calories that you're taking in and then you stabilize supposedly, it's really easy to, and then they let you they say, "Okay, now you can have ice cream every once in a while." Oh, cool. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. All the stuff that I couldn't have for 8 weeks. You know, and I, I was able to keep it off. I would treat myself every once in a great while. But then eventually you start, well, I'm only back to this weight. Oh, I'm only back to that weight. I'm okay. Oh, I guess I better do something. And then you slip back down again for a little while, and then you go right back up again. Yeah, that's what it's, I'm doing. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It is. Yeah, literally well, every every diet program, whether it's you know Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, they all work. Mm -hmm. the, the real the real issue is is maintaining. That's the real struggle and so i feel really fortunate because i have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with my dietitian and we have zoom meetings you know every week i, I had mean, one at four o'clock with her today so uh, yeah well, stick yeah stick to it man I'm, yeah. I'm i've put on a little bit of weight this last year and it's like oh, i gotta yeah. take it off again right but yeah. hey you know, thank God for Briar's ice cream because they make uh, <laughs> they make a low carb ice cream. Do they really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh and my gosh! Wow. I just found one the other day because the only ones I'd ever been able to find were uh, chocolate, peanut butter, and vanilla. They have one called a brownie a la mode. Oh baby! 
And I'm like, OMG. And they've got a chocolate mint ice cream that I'm I haven't gotten yet, but I'm going to try. Yeah. And I will That's be one of my heaven. favorite flavors in the world. <laughs> right. Like it's my that... Girl Scouts in the neighborhood are my are my dealers, you know. Thin mints, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. I walk into Walmart and I'm like, get away from me, you yeah. evil creatures. <laughs> are there real Girl Scouts in those cookies? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, back to the music. Back to the music. Back to the music. Uh what do you usually use for inspiration? Hey, Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. Uh, everything, seriously. Um, actually, actually, I use a lot of other people's music for inspiration in the sense that, like, for instance, the song Together was very much influenced by um, uh, David Bowie's song Heroes and his song Lazarus right before he passed away. Smashing Pumpkins song 1979 mm -hmm. and there's a new band called New Order and their song Age of Consent and all all four of those songs were just kind of rolling around in my head and I play in different tunings mm -hmm. so I learned and I learned that from Joni Mitchell back in the 70s and stuff about changing your guitars to open E or Dad Gad or you know all these different tunings and stuff I think Zeppelin does a little bit of that too and I just started playing in in this open uh, open D tuning, and this song came to me, and that's where I got the song together. Um, the, the theme of the lyrics is about a, a couple basically that um, is struggling to make it, and everybody is kind of down on them and go, "Yeah, you guys aren't going anywhere." And uh, the guy is absolutely convinced. You know, nope, we're we're going to make this. We're going to make this work. And apparently the woman in the relationship is a little quieter than he is. Um, mm. And she just goes about her business, you know, being on the same page with the guy without really saying a whole lot about it. And, and just basically being there solid all the time. And then at the end of the song, he goes, yeah, that's right. Something tells me we're always going to be together. And so they, you know, they, they come around, but it's, I mean, these are just ideas, you know, that come to me. But other stuff, you know, last summer, the song with the twelve-string Ricky in it. Yeah. Um, that song came from my from my college years. I have a cousin who lives in New York City, mm -hmm. and during his high school and college years, um, while I was still living with my folks, he was an only child, so he had no siblings. So he would come out to California and be with my younger brother and my sister and me, and we would pile into my brother's Ford Fairlane and speed down to Santa Cruz Beach with a car full of girls and the Beach Boys playing on the 8-track. Oh, and yeah. So, and so every summer, you know, Stephen was, my cousin Stephen was coming out. And so I wrote this song about that experience, you know. And I, the idea came to me because I was driving to rehearsal one night and in my car, I had on a local radio station and there was Cheryl Crow's song, Soak Up the Sun. 
Mm-hmm. It sounded as much like a female Beach Boys song as anything. And as soon as I pulled into the parking lot of where we were rehearsing, the other guys weren't there yet. And I got out my guitar and I said, oh, my God, that reminds me of my cousin coming out. And so I started writing this song last summer. So that's, um, I mean, it come, stuff comes from everywhere. I, I know some people have certain rituals or they just like to get alone by themselves to write. What, what do you usually do? Well, I'm never alone in the house between my wife and my two dogs. And the dogs will follow me downstairs to the music room and I'll be playing and they just sit right there and look at me and wag their tails. It's just, it's really something. So I generally don't have a lot of alone time to write, but it's not, it's not a problem. I mean, I'll, I'll be right in the middle of writing something, you know, and she'll, Janet will come downstairs and she goes, were you planning to blah, blah, blah today or something? You know, and, it, and it's, it's all good because it, it doesn't interrupt, doesn't interrupt the flow somehow. So it just, and I'll, like I said, I'll pick up stuff just driving home from somewhere. You know, I'm in the car and I'm listening to something else, you know, um, like on the song together, um, I heard the song um, Age of Consent by the band New Order. And I told my lead guitarist that night, I says, you've got to listen to this. And that's the guitar lead that I'm looking for. This is the, the feel. Excuse me. This is the feel that I'm looking for in this, and so stuff like that, you know. And he does the same thing. I mean, he he's got this huge vocabulary, music in his car and stuff. And so he'll bring stuff to rehearsal and go, "What do you think about this?" You know, go, "Oh, I like that," you know. So so, but no, I don't really have a ritual. I used to when I was young. Um, you know, I, I shared a room with my younger brother. And so we had like bunk beds, but they weren't up in a bunk. You know, they were just, you know, twin beds, you know, the little singles. Right. And he'd be off doing his thing or he'd come in and, you know, put his headphones on, you know, and stuff. And I'd get out my guitar from under my bed and stuff. And I was writing all the time. You know, like I said, from the first time I knew three chords, I just started writing right away. I just wanted to be a songwriter, you know, Damn. and stuff. So, so for there, I did have a ritual. I mean, I came home from work. I got my shower, I got my guitar out, and I just got paper, and I would just start working on stuff, you know. So, oh, you know, I'm I'm an artist, and if I decide I want to paint or something, uh, I have to sometimes just unwind and get mm-hmm. away from everything. And one of the reasons why we moved up here is because the water's clean. Um, I've got lakes around here we got the rivers and creeks and oh wow like 10 minutes from here there's there's a it's an rv park but it's kind of off in the woods i guess you'd say and go down to the creek and put your feet in the water and just meditate let the let everything flow out oh that's awesome and uh, you ever get to do stuff like that I do because I live in the woods. I live, uh, I live our little property here. <clears throat> We're in a pretty modest house, but we bought a little piece of land that's 1.3 acres. Mm-hmm. And then we're surrounded on three sides by open space. Okay. So I take the dogs out for a walk, you know, three, three, four times a day. And it's, you know, these little pathways and the previous owners of the house, they left these really weird giant statues of, of a snail and of a frog. And oh no, it's really cool. It's like, it's almost like a little Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. Around 
Oh, cool. We have, we have a canopy swing down below. We've got a picnic table down below. And then another 50 yards further down the hill, it goes to a creek, which we don't own and we don't, we have contact with it, but we don't, you know, go, go down there very much. It's, it's actually a little steep to get there and back. Um, but that's my chilling spot where I just, you know, have a chance to walk and, and take it easy and relax and stuff like that. And, um, but the weird thing about the music is that I don't always have to be in that space to create. Mm -hmm. um, for me, especially, maybe it's just the older I get, like I said, um, I'm more into the, the rock and roll stuff. Um, I should have muted the phone. That's, that's, that's the house phone. So um, we don't do covers mm -hmm. generally with my band. We do, we actually do, we did one cover because I love this song by R.E.M. Man in the Moon. Yeah. And so we, we do that as a cover song, right? And one day I'm just flipping on my phone through Facebook and somebody posted this really old rock and just a, you know, one, three, five progression rock and roll song by ELO called Rock and Roll is King. And they put a video, they made up their own video to it. And it's got clips from Pulp Fiction, The Breakfast Club, you know. What? You remember the Breakfast Club movie? Oh, yeah. yeah I do right? remember that. So, so it's got the kids dancing, you know, and stuff. And it's got, you know, Pulp Fiction. It's got John Travolta and, and is it? Um, Samuel L. Jackson's in it. No, no, the gal. The, the gal that oh, dances. you talk about Uma Thurman? Yeah, Irma Thurman. There we go. Couldn't think of her name for a second. The two of them dancing and stuff. Anyway, the, the song is called Rock and Roll is King. And it's just this great rock and roll song. It's high energy. It's noisy. And it's frenetic. And I said, we got to do that song. And, we, and now we do, you know. And so that in turn inspires me to write more stuff. You know, I don't imitate what they do, but I maybe grab the feel. I mean, I always think of John Lennon said that when he wrote Norwegian Wood, that he was listening to a lot of Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. Well, Norwegian Wood sounds nothing like Dylan, but you can see how it might have inspired him to, to write considerably different stuff than he was writing when he was doing the Mercy Beak stuff. So I'll listen to everybody, and it will influence my writing, and you'll get a little bit of the feel from that somewhere, but it never copies it. Right. You know? So that's where I get a lot of my energy for creating it. Um, the the relaxing stuff is is just to relax, period. But the creative energy, actually, especially when it's rock and roll, comes from frenetic stuff coming at me. <laughs> just I know that sounds a little weird, but no, no. But, yeah. But well, if you notice, the bands that seem to last the longest are the ones that not every one of their songs sound alike. I mean. The Rolling Stones do a lot of different stuff. They, they really do. You know, Aerosmith, The Who. Right. Yeah. That's I right. mean, all these bands have been around for, you know, right. 50, 60 years or, or so. And right. still. Right. That's right. Well, even the guys on your t shirt, you know, oh, yeah. Kiss, Kiss has yes. done the same thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they didn't, all their stuff does. A lot of people think that they, you know, sound, all their songs sound alike and all that. Some people think um, that. Um, but they don't. They're they're actually quite different, and there's a lot of variety to their stuff, which I really respect. So, so that's my goal. That's always my goal is to do something interesting and different. So, throughout your life and your career, 
know, we we all go through you know different uh bumps in the road mm-hmm. um what what's been the biggest i don't know challenge or the biggest bump in the road you've had so far um divorce uh, uh, from my kid's mom mm-hmm. so, I mean it was it was something that you know we the, we needed to do but it it was very difficult for my family and stuff so that was tough yeah where are you gonna be playing at next so we have our CD release party da 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 um at a little winery in half moon bay which is right down the road from us about mm-hmm. a half an hour away on the 27th of Saturday, May 27th, from 3 to 6, we have the wonderful singer-songwriter and Angel Blossom Records um, artist Donovan Plant opening our show. He's from San Francisco. So that's that's a big show for us on May 27th. Then we have a really big show coming up in July. We're playing the uh, Bandshell stage in Golden Gate Park, the one where Jimmy and... Janice and all of those guys, you know, the dead, all that stuff, Jerry, you know, mm-hmm. and I've played that stage before this time we're at the top of the bill, which is fun. And we're playing with, let's see, um, uh, a band called the Nother Mother Brothers. All righty. There's, there's, isn't that a great name? They're from San Francisco. <laughs> and then another singer songwriter named Matt Jaffe. And so that, that goes from five until seven in the evening. And so that's our big show. Those are our two big shows. And in the middle, we're playing a lot of little stuff. You know, we'll play, you know, the legendary um, Alice's Restaurant. We play Applejack's Saloon. We'll play a a couple of breweries down in Santa Cruz, you know, stuff like that. So, but those are our two big shows on either side, on either end. So, You guys got a website? We do. Um, It's michaelvincentmusic.com. Okay. You can also find me, find us on Facebook um, as Michael Vincent and you know who, and it's the letter U, N-O-W-H-O, almost like you guys aren't the who, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's right, you know, you Um, know who, (laughs) right, exactly, (laughs) Um, and so let's see, what else, I had this thing, you can also go to my Instagram account, um, where it's Michael Vincent Music, so Instagram, da da da, Michael Vincent Music, or you can go and you can follow me on Twitter, uh, M Vincent Band with a capital B for for band. Um, and there, on each of these places, you'll get a find a link that people can actually buy the new record in a pre-release sale. Um, so, and and with when you do that, you get a free sticker. Huh? And and we have. I know this is kind of little. Um, they're guitar picks. Oh, cool! With a with a picture from the record on the front and the name of the record and my name on the back. So, the little stuff like that. And I think we're going to be offering T-shirts again too, pretty soon. So, oh, cool! So that'll be fun. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to put all the links in the description, make it easy for people to find you. Okay, thank you. And, uh, and Michael, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. My pleasure. Nice to meet you. Nice Great chance you. to talk to you. I'm happy for you that you're doing the Veterans for Veterans. I think that's just awesome, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. 
Got to give a lot of cre- credit to my buddy Damian Bennett. Uh, okay. He's he's going through a lot right now with his health, but he's still doing everything he can to help him, and and uh, we're going to keep fighting for him. Okay, right on. Mm-hmm. I'll keep you in my prayers. I will. Appreciate that. I also want to yeah. thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, well, I hope you'll come back. Please hit that subscribe button. For my regulars, you guys rock because you make it possible for me to do this. And please like, share, hit that notification bell, all that good stuff. Until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless.